0: Can you do it? You can't do it because you're not sacred. You're not creator. You're not the khaliq. So if I don't have the ability to imagine something that's not created, how can I venture to say that I completely understand, on my own, the creator? So I need revelation. I need prophets. I need books. So the sheikh is saying, non-sacred issues, chill, sacred issues, be humble. And we said those meanings are two, negotiable, -negotiable. non-negotiable. Non-negotiable, it's clearly agreed upon from Quran and Sunnah, it's a rarity. Negotiable, those things that haven't been. And there's a methodology for that, so it's not a free-for-all, but we don't have time to talk about that methodology now, because that's not the subject of his text. There's a lot happening in the background of his text that that we need to appreciate. So that takes us to the idea of to Scholars traditionally would define something Islamically using one of three ways. I don't want to make this too complicated, but it's sort of important. Number one is what's called al-had. A had would be defined as definition. Anyone here speak Arabic? What's had? Hudud al-balad, the borders. Hudud America, Canada, or Mexico. The hudud. Had means a of fence. So classical scholars, and here your LSAT may come back to haunt you, bro. Classical scholars believe that when you define something, if you want to make a had, it has to be what's called jam' mani' Jami' means when I start, it contains all the possibilities of the idea. And at the end, I've bordered it, so the only thing in your mind is that subject. So it's manic. So it's all-inclusive and all-prohibitive. I'll give you an example. You've probably seen this in the tradition and didn't know what was happening. When people define, for example, Tajweed, they say, A science. How many sciences are there? So it's, it's jamat every type of, So immediately, like, is it chemistry? Is it biology? Is it this? Is it that? Is it language arts? لا, related to the Qur'an, oh, is it tafsir? Is it recitation? Is it writing the Qur'an? Is it decorating the Qur'an? تلاوته, on how to recite it properly. Now it's only tajweed. So you saw the definition, it started out what? all inclusive it ended what restrictive that's called had we learn how to write that in law school in the sharia schools just like you learn how to write how do you write a had most scholars would say ma you yubayyin haqiqata like whatever was written in this way if it's acceptable clarifies what it is so most scholars opted when they want to introduce something to you to use had boom 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 it's dry it's dry it's taban jaffa it's like really dry but it gets the point across the second thing that they would use is called rasam rasam means to to tell you what it does but not define it so if I said you know a ball that's thrown in a hoop what would you say it's like basketball that's called rasam the third is called tafsir. So tafsir means I would like break it down to like a paragraph. I'd explain it in and out. This is not that important, but just remember because in the future if you study with me regularly, this is going to come up a lot. Had, Rasam, tafsir. Not tafsir al-Qur'an, tafsir al-alfaz, tafsir al mawdua explanation of the subject. Now watch what the Sheikh says. He says, He says, "Tasawuf has been defined, has been illustrated, and has been explained." He uses all three of those terms. Everybody with me? Tablughu bi tablughu nahwa Say you know the numbers of definitions, explanations, and illustrations of Tasawwuf are around 2,000. What he means in the academic world that he belongs to, that's been subjected to peer review, people looked at it, he says مَرْجِعُهَا and he says all of them, if we took them and we just you know wanted to like break it down, what do all these mean? He says that Tasawwuf means al sidq at-tawajjuh ila Allah That Tasawwuf means to truly turn to God So he, he went all those possible definitions of something sacred all those different descriptions of it that he talked about earlier where there should be like some, you know, nuance and objectivity and patience He said if we took all two thousand of them joints Excuse me if we get in New York with you. All two thousand of them joints, and put them in one small, small, small definition that would capture the essence of all that. In his humble opinion, he said, tassawuf, is to turn truthfully to God. There's another definition, "Husnul tawajulillah," like excellently turning to God. So where do we start? started the idea of discussion, sacred, non-sacred, the edib and ethics a little. We touched on just a drop of it. Then we went into this idea of debates and discussions on terms. We talked about how something is clarified, either through an explicit definition, through an illustration of what it does, or just like a long summary of what it is. And then he takes you to Tassouf. And he wants to save us all the trouble of having to sift through all that stuff. And he's saying from a mainstream Sunni perspective. And, and, and I shorten this principle. It's longer. He actually says, you know, there's a famous book called Hilyatul Awliya of Ibn Abu Na'im. You know, Abu Na'im, he mentions all these early scholars' definitions of Tasawwuf. Hundreds. Imam al-Dhahabi, Sir mentions hundreds. He so if we took all that and wanted to encapsulate it in a short term, a short mantra, the mantra of Tasawwuf, is to turn to God truthfully, that's it, so now what he's done and I I told you I cut some stuff out is he walked you through his process we didn't examine that because that's not our focus, so he's built it on a principle now he wants to do ta'seel of it, he wants to link to sawof, to sharia, so he says Rahimahullah Ah, He does something cool here That I wanted to share with you It's a little deep also We're going to get away from depth In a minute I promise Anyone need floaties? Everybody alright? It's not that difficult man It's just And you can listen again Inshallah And you can ask me questions As long as they're easy Alhamdulillah He teaches us about how to Prove something is right or wrong Like the notion of to solve Is hotly debated So he says, Isnaru Shayli Asli. The word Sanad, what does Sanad mean? Nah, Sanad. Sanad means like Hadith, Sanad of Hadith, Chain of Narration. You're close, man. But the real meaning of Sanad is the bottom of a mountain. Sanad al Jabal. Because it rests on it. So he's using metaphor. He says, Isnaru Shayli Asli. When you rest something on a foundation, what he means here? By asl, whenever you hear the word asl here it means Qur'an and Sunnah. Or a foundational agreed-upon principle, like harm is removed. When you rest something on or rooted it on its foundation. فِيهِ بِدَلِيلِ And then, and this is, I may have to use a different metaphor to explain it in English better. Let's use water. If you submerge something in its foundation and then you pull it out to show that it has a specific application, that water is going to wet from it. It's going to drip. It means it's part of it. It has a relationship. So he's saying, if you root something in its foundation, then you pull it out. If it's properly rooted, the people will see the truth in it. He's using a logic here. So he's saying, for example, you rooted an idea of purification of the soul and you bring it out by saying we're going to do group dhikr. Group dhikr is rooted to what? What's that foundational principle of Islam? Of what? Purification of the heart. So people will see that's the purpose. And when people see that foundational purpose, it will be impossible for them to object to what you're doing. Understand where he took this? Isn't asli taking something to its root, then pulling it out in a specific situation. What he means by bidalili hihas is something specific from sharia, like remembering Allah. So purification of the soul is a foundation. Everybody agrees in the Quran. He said, but then you need to maybe do something, like reading the Quran, making dhikr, mawlid, whatever. And you tie that into the idea of tazkiyah you had better be able to root that into a specific evidence. And if that evidence is rooted properly, people will see that foundational principle in the work you do. Let me give an example. People want to gather together and read poetry about the Prophet, say. He asked them why? Because love of the Prophet is what? foundation. Not even purification of the soul. Loving the Prophet is a foundation of faith. So if you ask them, why are you there for this? Because we love the Prophet Wasallam. And then within that gathering, that's what they talk about. The seerah, the sunnah, ihya of the hub of Sayyidina Muhammad alayhi salatu salam. Remember the sheikh belongs to the second school of Bidah. Remember that. They're going to see that love of the Prophet. They may not agree with you, but they can appreciate the foundation. Imagine if you did this with activism. How do I root? Isnad al haraka bil So you see the book of Sheikh Dawood Wali. Mashallah from, from Detroit. He has his book now called Towards Sacred Activism. And in that book, he tries to root. But what if there is no root for something I want to do? That should stay away from it. How do you do that? That was a question you asked earlier. That's where we consult with people. That's that tech support. Sheikh, why do this? I remember in Egypt when the muzaharat started. I lived there at that time. When the, uh, excuse me, when the, um, what are muzaharat in English? Demonstration, sorry, I forgot English. So those muzaharat, 46, man, happens. Those muzaharat started and there were some shooch like Ali Jum'ah and Muhammad Hassan. Say, you know, to haram, it's not allowed to go out, this is forbidden, Habib Ali, this is haram, don't go out, haram. But then some of the sheikhs said, Abdullah bin Mas'ud, he went into the mosque of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Justice is a foundational principle in Islam. And Abdullah bin Mas'ud, he went into the haram and he raised his voice against the Quraysh. And the Prophet didn't sanction him. So here's the universal principle, here's that root. That goes into the action. See what Sheikh is saying now? So Isnaru Shei li asli. The 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 thing is the demonstrations. Linking it to its foundation through the action. The specific example, Dalili khas is Abdullah bin Mas'ud The foundation is justice. See how he did it? That's what he's saying you should do here. So if you want to like save yourself having to argue and fight with people, make sure that you've done this properly. That process we don't have time to talk about now. That's usul of fiqh should be linked into this. Who can give me a bad example? The sheikh, I gave the example of the guy in Fremont, California, who specialized in taking gin from young 18-year-old girls. Very weird. He's in prison now. Thank God. His, his claim was... I specialize in taking jinn from teenage women and women in their early 20s. So you should leave them at my house at night. This is what people did, man. And he gave them like roofies, man. And then he raped them. Okay, let's take his claim. I can be alone with young women that I have no relationship with. Where the heck is that root? What foundation? Okay, the foundations we should be away from shaitan. Okay, cool. I, I ain't trying to hang out with shaitan. You know what I mean? But what links this to this? An evidence to allow it or an evidence to refute it? That's what sheikh is doing here. Everybody with me? So as you scaffold actions, you make sure that that relationship is strong. Between a foundation and what I called earlier, ta'seel. I don't know how you translate ta'seel in English. Foundationaling. <laughs> to foundationalize an act. Hada isnaad wa shayli asli. Yes? Was that kind of Here's a random lunatic with a... Yeah, I don't even know if he had a beard. I don't want throw people with beards on this bus. <laughs> Why you keep going out to people with beards, man? Yeah. No, this is not someone money. that has this coffee. Right, right, okay. But they might. It doesn't mean that, that those people are going to be. A great character. Knowledge doesn't equal a great character. That character can be held by anybody. He talks about that later on, though. He says an ac- academic without piety is useless. So he gets into this. But that person was, was in that case. But people believed that person because they made claims. They even paid him. And he violated the limbo of people. The shift saying, and, and you touch on something. Does this exercise right here involve a parent? Does this exercise involve being part of a clique? What does this involve? What type of integrity does someone have to have that's going to do this? Okay, build on. Good cognition what's trying to do here I talked about it earlier the danger of the left and the right yeah but what leads to in his in his his ethos lawyers correct me his ethos right what is he saying should act as a centralizing force in the lives of people not about how you look or how you talk, you say CD. I don't care about CD, MP3. I don't care about that stuff. So when I'm engaging with people, because religion is power, and I believe the best religious teachers are those who are able to decentralize their authority, like Imam W. Muhammad did rahimahullah, Not centralizing. Some such situations, people need to centralize authority. I'm saying in general. But Sheikh is saying, this is about academic prowess. Someone has to know how to do this. That science for how to do this is called social The science of the foundation. How do I root something in foundation? For the masses, what this helps you do is frame how you discuss questions with people. Hey, like I have, like, I'm an activist, right? And, like, I want to do this specific event that's going to, like, have people that may not be the most adherently pious, religious, they may be irreligious people. But we're coalitioning on issues that are impacting everybody. Is it OK to invite them? The Sheikh may tell you, you know, the prophet said that if the people of Mecca asked him to work with them in doing something good, he would work with them. And that's when they disbelieved in him and wanted to kill him. There's an evidence. Then he may say, as long as you don't sacrifice your religion or you don't confuse people. But what did he just give you? Foundational principle, standing up for justice, Activism, coalition building, repelling harm. Then he linked it to a Dalil Khas. A specific example. You understand what he's saying here? You have a universal concept, you have a how to do it, you need to link this to this if possible. He said if you do that, you're gonna quell those who want to refute you. That's what one of my teachers used to say. When you go back to America, you're going to run into Sufis that are hard and Salafis that are hard. I was like, oh my God, what do I do? He said, take them to the foundation. And then, take it That's a very cool idea. I I like to use the analogy, you can think of one better, like submerging something. You pull it out. You show that religion. This isn't That when you're able to show the relationship between an act and a foundation, a religious foundation, that's going to quell the arguments of those who want to refute you, because they'll see that foundation in what you're doing. It'll be amplified. Hopefully, if not, the conversation's in order. Then he says, لأن ظهور الحق في الحقيقة يمنع من ثبوت Because the establishment of the truth in an act logically will repel those who say they are on the side of truth. It's not easy, right? <laughs> Easier said than done. It may involve education. So like FGM in Egypt. FGM was a big issue out there. And people in the southern part of Egypt, it's a cultural habit. So, there was a lot of community organizing on that issue in the south of Egypt to quell FGM in, in, in that area, to show them that this is not religious, to show them that this is a problem. Right? It wasn't just that the Sheikh wrote an opinion FGM is haram, he had to go to southern Egypt and rap with people, organize, canvas, build coalitions, talk with people, and then show them. This is not from Islam, and then people were like, "Okay, now we see it." No one's that special. It just doesn't happen. Then he says, "For uslu tasawwuf that foundation of tasawwuf, maqam al-ihsan is the station of worshiping Allah as though you see Him, even though you can't see Him." Alladhi <laughs> fassarahu فسره sallallahu alayhi صلى الله which the Prophet explained, to worship Allah as though you see Him, and if you can't see Him, you know He sees you. <laughs> he said, because the idea of truthfully turning to God is found in the meaning of ihsan. And that different, the different implications of truthfully turning to God are based on that foundation and encircle it because the word esen implies constant awareness and dedication. Excellent in my relationship with God. And being excellent to God implies dedication to God. And dedicating myself to God in that way implies truthfulness. So he's, he's doing what he just said. Here's the soul, here's esen, here's that language. Not only is he like giving you a principle, he's what? Vygotsky. He's modeling it for you. So urging people upon those things is in fact exhorting them to the foundation. So when I encourage people to think about al Nas, think about Tasawwuf, whatever you call it, because we don't argue over terms, I'm actually exhorting them to what? sense. Like when I exhort people to read the Qur'an, I'm exhorting them to what? Zikr. Or exhort people to gather and and, and mention the greatness of the Prophet I'm exhorting them to what? Love of Sayyidina Nabi That's how he just kind of set this up. So he said, and this is important, so just as fiqh is synonymous with the station of Islam, and theology is synonymous synonymous with the station of iman. The soul is synonymous with the station of yahsan. Crazy! And it's interesting that he chooses the famous hadith of Jibreel. Because that hadith is the hadith which is known as the foundation? Everybody knows the hadith I'm talking about. And Gabriel came to the prophet, asked him three questions: What's Islam? What's iman? What's yahsan? It's so not only is he rooting it; he's like super rooting it. Seven. Wow! And then he scaffolds it. And now we get back to... And we'll take a break after this. Tell, everybody's okay? Okay, uh, wow, mashallah He said, al Because, like, if I claim to follow a foundation, every foundation has what? condition? So, if, if I'm claiming to adhere to a foundational principle, I need to understand that that has conditions. Like being a Muslim. Because if I say I'm a Muslim, and ask me, what do you worship? I'm like, I worship, you know, ice cream. You say like, bro, one of the conditions of Islam is to worship Allah alone. I haven't fulfilled that condition. So here we see he's going to start disciplining both sides of the equation. So he says, bi kaunihi min yardahu And he mentions two things that are very important. Number one is ideas and attitudes. And number two is physical means. When we say that something is mashroot, it's conditioned, that means two things attitudes and ideas. And hat. that's what Imam ibn Qayyim said that the Salaf, the early Muslims, they, whenever they would do something, they ask themselves why and how. Why foundation, how? That root. So it disciplines the discussion. It's not haphazard, it's not lazy, it's not sloppy. It's discipline. I mean when you sit and read Sheikh Ahmed Zuruq, it's like you're sitting with like a Jedi knight, man. He's saying like turn on the lightsaber like this. Like this. Don't there's refinement. So he says, towards truly turning to God, its conditioned attitudes, actions, from the perspective that haq that Allah sees with it." Now, if I say okay, I'm Ihsan and then I go like rock blank. My- The attitude first means beliefs and attitudes. When he says, That means beliefs and attitudes. So that's Islam. Iman, excuse me. Being my IHSAN. Wabima Yarda and with what pleases God. So with is pertaining to what? Action. Yes. Pay attention here, I know you're tired. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. He's saying that truthfully turning to God, mm-hmm. to has two integral components. Number one is belief and attitude, number two is in other words, he's saying three things are linked together. What are those three things? If you're going to give me the religious terminology, I want to see how much you've understood. I'm going to say it one more time. He's saying, To of truthfully turning to God is conditioned on the beliefs and attitudes that God is pleased with and the actions that God is pleased with. What does this define? Iman, Islam, and Ihsan. As though he's now what? Explaining the hadith of what? Jibreel. And now you can see how he brings a sense of orthodoxy to If you want to claim that you love God, you can't be raping women in the name of taking jinns out of them, because that's with an action which is not pleasing. If we have time, we're going to take 2020 this class at NYU on Islamic ethics. What are, what are the stations of Ihsan? Ibn Qayyim wrote a book about it called Madar al The stations like so fear, hope, repentance, love, longing, uh, will, attachments. Those are called the Menazim. Scholars differ over, again, go back to the first principle. Would it be possible for us to completely understand Essa, Or just what we know from the Prophet and then critical reflection of scholars? So you're going to have some differences in that. Imam Al-Bayhaqi wrote a book called, uh, of course the Prophet said, Iman has how many branches? 72. So they can say, those are the 72 branches of Iman and Ihsa and in Islam. Good question, man. Dang, bro. I thought I was like losing you guys. So it says, truthfully turning to God involves the beliefs and attitudes that please God, Islam. Inna deena Indallah, Islam. So now we get out of this perennial stuff that people are parading around the Sufism. You know, we believe our religions are right. No, we don't. That's not a belief in Islam. We believe Islam is the haqq. But that doesn't mean we're jerks or harsh. Number two, with what pleases God, meaning I observe the five pillars of Islam. I observe the etiquettes of Islam. I observe those things which Islam says is permissible, not permissible. And it's really dope. You see, like in one sentence, man, he just expanded everything. But then at the same time, he wove it together. Then he says, Like it's impossible to fulfill a condition, uh, something which is conditioned, unless you observe what conditions it. That's not logical. We talked about it last night. If I say, like, man, I love you, and I treat you badly. how <laughs> don't really love you. I need to fulfill the conditions of love. This is not only a good methodology for like religion. This is a good methodology for relationships. If you claim to be someone who cares about me or you're close to me, you're going to exhibit certain things. If I claim to care or be invested in something, even a personal thing, health, OK, how do I eat? Do I sleep properly? So if I claim to love God and want to turn to God, then I'm going to follow those conditions that have been laid out to me by the sacred text. And he says, that's why Allah says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not pleased with kufr. It doesn't please him. I should avoid it. lakum. And if you show gratitude, it pleases God. So when Allah says that He doesn't approve of kufr, then that means what is an obligation to please God? Iman. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the actions of gratitude please God, then that means what's an obligation? Islam. See what he just did? He rooted those ideas. Showed you how it works. He shows you the logic. فَلَا تَصَوُّفُ bi fiqh. Oh, now we get into the comprehensive nature of seeking God. And we need to be careful of this neo-spirituality movement. It's like, you know, let me remove the yoke of submission to God because that's where I find my spirituality. We need to be careful with that. So he says, فَلَا تَصَوُّفُ bi fiqh. There's no tassawuf without fiqh. Fiqh meaning what? Guides my what? My Islam my actions. Islam is synonymous in classical text with action. Halal, haram. So my spirituality has to be rooted in what? Halal and haram because observing the halal and haram pleases who? Pleases Allah. And the goal of tasawwuf it claims is to please who? And to seek who? Allah. So he's showing you this, this relationship now. And and you can see if you think about again, you can read about him online. There's a lot of stuff in English out there. He was going at it with people and trying to clean house. Say, so, like, get back to the simplicity of issues. So he said, ilā fiqh. There's no without fiqh. Because the outer actions, the rulings of those outer actions cannot be known except with what? with fiqh. وَلَا tasawuf. And there's no fiqh without tasawuf. Because I may pray properly, but if my intention isn't there, what happens to my prayer? If I say, you know what, I'm praying, so, you know, I can get the job. This guy next to me, he owns this cool startup. I'm going to pray, so he'll give me a job. Allahu Akbar. Oh, I'm on my sunnah. Yo, check me out, boy, got my finger flipping and everything doing like this doing like this <laughs> so I'm praying right I took meaningful prayer I got it all down but my niya is a job so what's missing now is not the Islam is the what the ihsan see the beauty of Sheikh Zarouk so he said Fala wala fiqh ila meaning niya Wanting God Seeking God. And then he says, There's no true action except it's company with niya. Intention. Truthfully turning to God. Wala huma bi iman. And neither of them can exist without faith. Walla Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't isn't pleased with kufr. So now he took all three, and what? Created a balance. And I said to you very early on today in the morning the goal of the sheikh is to what you? is to center you. So now we see people, I'm an activist, man, bump all these dudes in the masjid making dua. You see people in the masjid, man, all these activists, man, stuff for Allah, they need to be praying qiyam with us. You see people learning, man, forget the activists and forget those people having a gnosis. They need to learn the deen. But if you go to the Quran, Allah uses the word servant in three contexts. Seeking knowledge, activism, and spirituality. All of them are called abd, meaning all of them are pleasing to God. But each has a different role. But the sheikh is saying, you've got to observe all three as best you can, even though you may talk about this later, be passionate about something, you don't neglect those. There's a balance. We're going to pray, inshallah, in a second. Then he says, فَلَزِمَ الْجَمِيعُ It's like, redundant, but he's saying, all are an obligated, uh, obligation because all of them cannot function without each other. It won't be sound. So all have to be there. So, we analyze the, the, the pedophile, freak, super sexual bastard, excuse my language, in California that rape girls. Okay. He may claim to have Ihsan, but what does he not have? Like, if we're going to judge him, what do we judge him first on his lack of what? Huh? Islam, the physical stuff. And we say, that's indicative of this. But we can look at that if someone says, oh, I'm so spiritually complete, mashallah, man. You know what I'm saying? Yo, pass that blunt. purposely, not because someone's weak or, or, or struggling, I'm talking about someone who's arrogant about it, and they don't have a medical prescription, okay, in that situation, you can go off the act. If someone says, like, yeah, I love Rumi," you know, like, as a gentrifier, alhamdulillah, and drinking my turmeric latte, and just came from my prenatal massage with my husband as we move into Bensonhurst and raise the rent by 85%, by our presence, mashallah, I, like, love Rumi, and I make zikr every day, but I don't believe God is one and the Prophet is not the final prophet. What would be the orthodox analysis of that situation? Would be that the claim to turning to God is not mashrut, bima yardahu Allah with what pleases God. So, respectfully, you could say, hey, I'm glad that you make zikr. Gentrification is a problem. Turmeric latte, don't know, talk to a (laughs) nutritionalist. Last issue is, I don't think you're Muslim, bro. And we now as a community under siege by Islamophobia have a problem with defining orthodoxy. Especially coming out of ISIS. And especially coming out of the kind of harsh notions of orthodoxy on either side, Sufism or Salafism, that strangled us. Because orthodoxy doesn't mean we can't make mistakes or struggle or try or sin or fail but for me to deliberately say i don't believe that prophet muhammad is the final prophet but i'm down with sufism or down with turning to god you can say respectfully hey man i appreciate that we cool and everything but i don't know what religion you are There is a balance that has to be observed. And then the sheikh says something beautiful. He says that the the relationship between these things is like the ajsad lil arwah like the spirit to the body. That's called talazm. When one thing can exist without the other, we call it talazm. Talazm. So he says, كَتُلَازِمِي The example of these three foundational things, Tasawuf, Ihsan, Iman, and Islam, is like the relationship between the spirit and the body. He says, Because if there is no body, the spirit can exist. If there is no Islam, the spirit of Islam and Iman can exist. And he says, "Kallah, ilabiha," And the body can't experience life without what? The spirit." He's like using logic now. Fahem." And he said, "Women who Malik," even though Imam Malik didn't say this, uh, it's still a very beautiful statement to show the balance that we should have in our lives. Whoever claimed to want to, to follow the spiritual path but didn't learn about foundational acts of worship will fall into heterodoxy. It's going to be like chilling, man. It's whatever I want to do. There's no limits, nothing sacred anymore. So imagine I'm claiming to desire the sacred without observing the sacred a problem and whoever didn't work on their heart and their spirituality and just focused on the outer will have become a sinner become harsh-hearted brittle rude not loving and whoever brought them all in concert together will have truly verified the foundations of faith so as we stop for a second, everybody okay? Yeah. What he's saying is, his focus in this book is going to be tasawwuf, right? We talked about those principles last night. But he's saying, in your life and in your personal growth, and as you learn and as you develop in your faith, as you raise your children, focus on three things. Your faith, your practice, and your Spirituality because their relationship with one another is like the body to the spirit and the spirit to the body. Yeah, learning faith, engaging. You know, faith means learning about issues that may cause me doubt, learning about issues that I need to know for my children or my family, uh, maybe my coworkers, my personal growth, what inspires me? And then Islam, meaning practices. A, not everything. Sometimes we ask questions that don't need to be asked. The Prophet said the worst person is one to ask a question because they ask and made something forbidden. But like s- s- certain issues come up, I need to ask a question. And then the third, learning about the issues of the heart. Those three things are constant. Inshallah, we're going to pray, and when we come back, inshallah, He's going to do something that's really, really important, and that is that oftentimes people frame religion for a special club. You've got to look a special way, you've got to talk a special way, you got to like look certain style, you got to you know everyone has to be like monolithic in their religious expression. Sheikh is going to say, "No, no, everyone can be a seeker because it ain't where you're from." As Rakim said, it ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. So maybe, like me, when I was a convert and I come to the mosque, I'm not dressed appropriately, but that's my ihsan at that point in my life. That's what I can do. That's where I am. And to ask me to do more would destroy me. So I don't see the community now as a monolith. I have a problem when people try to control who can come in and out of sacred spaces. Of course, affirming things is a problem. I'm not going to come in and say, yeah, everybody like smoke weed and dress like me because I'm a convert. Of course not. I don't come to a community for affirmation. I come to a community to affirm my dedication in trying to grow spiritually and draw nearer to God. So the Sheikh and I talked about this earlier this morning, is going to try to expand who are the awliya of Allah? Who are the friends of God? Everyone in this room right now, you're a friend of God. If you say, la ilaha illallah, you're a friend of God. That's it. Then within that, there's levels. And the friends of God should be treated with respect. He's going to say, look, you guys have tried to create this like good old boys club. I'm going to expand this. By taking it back to the foundation that the Prophet has sent to all people. And then link it to certain practices. And we'll go through that, inshallah. And we'll take a number of principles really quickly. I think we'll have a part two for this uh, in the future because it's a lot to cover, man. And as I said, the, the beginning of the text, I didn't do it last night because no one would show up today, deals with theory, man. People don't like theory, I get it. But I, I, I know people in this audience, That's they want to know, like, what's going on in the background? How do we get to this point? And then if you're an activist or you're a convert, trying to explain things to family members, trying to equalize situations, you have that background information to help you. Right? Any questions for like a few minutes, and then we'll get ready to pray. Inshallah. Everybody's tired. Mashallah. Any questions? No questions? Yes, Abdurrahim. So, how to transition to say a greater sense of adherence religiously? Maybe someone feels they like plateaued, right? Number one is to change up the worship you're doing. So, like I'm doing the same surah every prayer, I'm going to plateau. So, if I'm reading like, don't get me wrong, it's mashallah, greatest hits, top number one, pal, right there. Fatiha, Yasin, kaf, rahman, they're up there, right? But if I've been reading that same chapter for 10 years, I probably need to change it up. Same thing with the dhikr, the azkar I say in salah, or whatever I'm doing. Let me change that up a little bit. Imam al-Kashmiri, the great Hanafi scholar, he said all those like, things that the Prophet would say after salah, he didn't say them all at the same time. So you see people sitting there for hours, man. No, he said them at different times so that there wouldn't be mila and ibadah. There wouldn't be, like, boredom in worship. One of the challenges of worship is ritual. It becomes a ritual, then it loses its feel. The the, the second thing is I need to have, and he talks about this later on in the text, good friends, a good support group, or good teachers who I can talk to about these things. The third is I need to have resilience and push myself. As long as I'm not getting crazy, right? So I need to start praying at night. Pray at night. I need to pray duha. Okay, pray duha. I want to do more charitable acts. I want to get involved in some social justice issues. Like, go do it. No one's stopping us, right? So the last and most important is the resilience. Resilience. He's going to talk about this in, a, in, a, in a later, inshallah. Stage to stage. Stages of ihsan. Any other questions before we pray, inshallah? Yes. Yes, ma'am. You have, you have your hand up. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have the glasses down That's yeah, okay. Um, I can see but I can't read so I keep this on every s um you know, I'm just running because you said that people have to look in certain ways because you know you to work the class. But like if I want to guide somebody, where does this come in that? We're gonna we're gonna talk about it in a second. He's gonna talk about how do you teach people. How do you guide people to Ahsan how do you take them on that ride? He talks about it. Yes, sir. I think uh, one of the first questions I ever asked you uh, was about your Nia. How do you know if your Nia is pure? And I think your response was, you know, it's impossible for you to have kind of 100% Nia all the time, it kind of fluctuates. Yeah. Uh, you gave the example of somebody, you know, you're know, you coming in, you're praying, because you want a job or you see something, right? Um, what if, you know, it's usually not that black and white. You know, What if you do believe in principle, praying on time, things like that. And bringing you back to your example, what if part of it is, let's say, you are looking for a job and you're looking to impress somebody, right, and you know that they come at a particular time and place, and, you know, uh, so how do you, how do you balance this? It, right? We're like going to talk about the very end. Mm-hmm. How do I pur- purify my intention? Talks about at the very end today, inshallah. Any other questions about things that aren't going to be addressed? <laughs> 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 but you know what? It's good that people are asking things that are to be addressed, No, I'm good. Thank you so much. Allah bless you. Give her a round of applause, man. She's amazing, Mashallah. (laughs) Holding it down today. Um, But it's good that you're asking questions about things that are around the corner. So that means we're not completely lost in the maze. But that's a good sign, alhamdulillah. One more question, inshallah, anything? Okay, alhamdulillah, we're going to pray asr. We'll take like 10 minutes out of asr. We may go a little, actually over four. We plan on finishing by three, uh, just so we can finish as much as we can. Uh, and again these will be recorded and put on uh, a podcast swisscast uh, that you can listen to there inshallah we'll take about it we'll pray and take a 10 minute break after salah and then we'll start over inshallah